welcome to the Play Colors podcast, discussing current sports news and headlines behind the scenes of athletics and life after sports. We talk about the real stuff of the sports world and anything goes. Are you ready? Let me introduce former NFL coach, Coach Kirk Broussard, former CFL coach and pro coach, Coach Chris Williams, and me, Tracy Lynn. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and wherever you get your podcasts on all major platforms. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Play Callers podcast and we have our crew already we got coach Kirk Broussard and coach Chris Williams and myself well it's Tuesday night it's a very casual kind of conversation because if you're like me you are a bitter Betty on this Monday Tuesday night because of what happened in your pool (laughs) or what happened with your team and we all know what happened with my team they lost again so that is why we are saluting the winners and the losers from week four. There you go, gentlemen. Cheers. How did Cheers. your teams do? Did you guys do good in any pools, or did your, your team do good or no? Yeah, no. Let me look back and see. I know I, I, know I, I started out well in the Broncos, and then things started to fall apart there toward the end. Yeah. What about you, Coach? Um, yeah, the Broncos, um, so the Broncos pulled that one out, right? Yeah, the Broncos ended up winning. Yeah, yeah see, so I called the Jets on that one. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think uh, with uh, the quarterback situation in Denver that they could they could beat the Jets. So I had, uh, I had, I had Jets on that one. So Sam Darnold is, uh, I don't know, man, he's so up and down. It's a little disappointing. Uh, sometimes he looks like an all-pro quarterback, and sometimes he looks like a still a young quarterback making young quarterback mistakes. So yeah, and how how does that feel from a coach's point of view, seeing this evolve on the field? It's expected. I mean, it's expected. Uh, I expected it. I thought Sam Darnold at best would be a a serviceable guy that would be a hot name for a while, and you know, I didn't anticipate he would have a uh, problem staying on the field. I think last year he missed a lot of games. Uh, so that hurt his progression as well, you know, being a young guy. But, um, you know, like I said, in flashes, he's looked great. Uh, just question is, can he continue that? A lot of that's going to be if he's healthy and, and coaching. So what do you think, Coach? Man, you know, I, I'm a, I, got a, I got a young son. You know, Coach, that that is an aspiring quarterback. And so we spend a lot of time, man, watching, watching QBs and, Sam Donald, man, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I don't, I don't understand who, why they thought, you know, he was, you know, a, a number one draft pick. I don't, I don't see the traits. I mean, and me, me and my, me and my kid were talking. We were, we we're like, you know, Josh Rosen is actually, you know, better than Sam Donald. But you know, Josh Rosen's had a tough road and has had to get traded from, you know, when they wanted Kyler Murray in Arizona and, and of course, what happened in Miami. But Man, I, I just don't get it with with Sam Donald. There's nothing about him when you when you scout it and really look at the the traits from a football standpoint. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little different on that. I I, I never liked Josh Rosen. I thought I, I didn't like the pick. I didn't like him in at UCLA. Um, I, when you go back and watch Josh Rosen's film, it seemed like he always struggled under pressure. When pressure was in his face, his accuracy went down a bunch. And I mean, what is the NFL all about? 
you got great athletes and you always got an athlete in your face. So you got to be able to deliver accurate throws under pressure. And I never got that out of Josh Rosen. I thought Sam Darnold was the better uh, prospect. Uh, I think the jury's still out on him. Like I said, it's going to come down to consistent quarterback coaching and um, and him staying healthy and being available. Okay, I mean, let's, I, I see your point. Yeah, um, I want I want to bring up Tom Brady here. Five touchdowns. Yeah. Introducing Tampa Bay to a new way of winning. Coaches, I know we we know that Brady's great. We know he's good, but I mean, when they first started on that field, we were unsure of the connection that he had with the players. Now all of a sudden, it's like a a, a switch has gone off, and everything's great. So, coaches, I'm going to throw this out to you. Thought Tom Brady week four, hit five touchdowns. Are you surprised, anybody? Of course, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, I no. want you guys to give me my credit for calling this out. I remember the first week we were talking yep. about how bad it was. And and I, I told you guys, I mean, once, once, I mean, that guy is an, he is an all-time great at what he does. He's got mm-hmm. pride. I mean, he, he's not going to just, you know, you know, let himself fail without, you know, getting to, getting to work like he needs to. So, and you can see it. I mean, from, from not having a preseason, you know, you yeah. saw what happened first week and, now you're talking about a three-game winning streak, and 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 I, if I'm not mistaken, he connected. He connected with somewhere close to eight different receivers, which tells me that he's spreading the ball around. He's got a good feel for what's happening. Tom Brady's going to be fine, and and that that thing is he's going to have something to say before we hit the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I give Coach credit on that one. He he called that one early. He did. Uh, but again. I mean, if you go back and replay the tape, I said Tom Brady was still better than half the quarterbacks in the NFL. You did. Uh, he's going to give yeah. you some all-pro performances, but he's going to have some 43-year-old moments as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, so just expect it. Um, well, okay, t- you said he's 43 years old, but he is also the oldest player in NFL history to throw five pass touchdowns in a game, so he just surpassed Warren Moon. Yeah. <laughs> Well, That's not bad I mean, for a 43-year-old, isn't it? As, as an older quarterback, one of the first things you kind of expect to leave him is arm strength. Obviously, mm-hmm. he, still, he still has enough arm strength to get it done. He's not going to lose his accuracy. He's definitely not going to use yeah. his experience on the field, his, his, his game IQ. He's still going to be smarter than any quarterback in the league. He's going to make all the right throws, all the right decisions. But when he hits that Peyton Manning wall where he loses that arm strength and he's throwing those Danny Warfel ducks out <laughs> on the field – then you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's when you're going to see the drop off. But like I said, he's still better than probably 70% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So you can get a performance out of him where you get five touchdowns. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't say I'm surprised, you know, but um, so we'll see. We'll see how the season goes. Well, you know what I was surprised with? If we're going to we are breaking down the games from this past weekend, um, the Cleveland Browns. I was uh, I was shocked with that one. I thought Odell he brought his game. Um, now, question to coaches: Are you guys ready? This is your question. Do you feel like Cleveland's offense will finally take it to the next steps? Well, I mean, I can't say I was surprised with Odell. In my fantasy this week, I actually picked Odell big. I had Odell pick big in all my fantasy picks. I just had a I had an itch that he was going to have a big day. And uh, has Cleveland gotten over the hump as far as 
offensively? Have they hit that their stride and, and reached that next mm-hmm. level? I'm not sold on it uh, quite yet. They, I mean, obviously they have a lot of talent, and I've always said Baker Mayfield can have those type games. Mm-hmm. He's capable. His problem is consistency, giving you that every week. You know, that's that was his problem last year. And I, but I will yeah. say this. With the run game being improved the way it is in Cleveland, he's getting a lot of help, you know. But he did it. He did it throwing this, throwing, throwing it, throwing it this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Nick Chubb and that combination with uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, that's probably arguably the best one-two punch in the league in the backfield. So, um, okay, you know, I'm not Coach surprised. Coach Williams, what are your thoughts, Cleveland Brown? You know, I, I would say that that the jury's still out. I mean, I. You know, and I'm a quarterback guy, and I, you know, like I said before, we really critique quarterbacks probably, you know, more so than we probably should. But you know, I'm not sold on Baker Mayfield just yet. I, I you know, they ran for you know over 300 yards, which tells me that Dallas's defense was you know had no will at all. I mean, so they established a line of scrimmage. You know, they they ran. I mean, running for over 300 yards in the NFL is hard to do, and then. Um, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield didn't even didn't even hit the 200 yard mark passing. So, you know, there was a lot of things happening with the running game. And and even one of Odell's bigger plays was was actually a run, which, you know, which, you know, if you ask me, you should have been tackled, you know, 10 yards into that run on that sideline. But, you know, Dallas's defense just wasn't there. So we, we'd have to see, you know, them do this side of, this sort of thing against somebody else. And if we see it, you know, then maybe I'll be ready to to start looking deeper and, and giving them credit. But you know, Baker Mayfields, he, he's got a long way to go, and, and we'll see if he can keep these guys on track. And then some of that okay. yardage, some of the yardage from Odell Beckham was the trick play, you know, the re- receiver pass. Mm-hmm. So you got to account for that, mm-hmm. too. I mean, uh, Dow- they just caught Dallas off guard. Again, you know, does Dallas have the greatest defense out there? No. So uh, it, it was a good defense, a good performance, and I give them credit. But they got a short, they got a short week in and week out. Well, I was shocked because I I picked Dallas to win. Wow! So when when yeah, I know I didn't do very well in my picks this week, so I can admit that. That's why we said we're saluting all the winners and all the losers for week four. <laughs> so you know which end of that I'm in. Uh, right. Okay, let's talk about Raiders. Raiders, do you guys feel like um, I mean, we're, we're week four? Do you think that they're you know heading playoff bound or? Are they just playing a sloppy offense? What do you think is going on out there on that field? Coach, you want to go first? I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to think about the Raiders. I mean, they, and if we're just keeping it real, I mean, they, they started out two and zero. It looked like the John Gruden train was was starting to get on track, and and now you look at it, and you know they've lost two games, and and they, you know, and and now we're talking. You know, I, I saw an interview with. Um, with the quarterback there and he, you know, and he seemed to be, you know, sort of losing a little bit of his cool. And, you know, I mean, it's the, the jury's got to still be out there right there at 500. They could go either way, but you know, it, it certainly looks different now where we are going mm-hmm. into game number five than it was at the end of game two. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any money on those guys making the playoffs right now, but I guess we shall see. Okay. And, uh, I, th- I think they I think they could be a playoff team, but I think they're going to have to get healthy at the receiver position. Uh, I know they got the dynamic rookie Ruggs is out, 
Uh, they've gotten some other injuries that could make a, be difference makers on the field for them. Uh, I think mm-hmm. with consistent quarterback play from Carr, if they can get that for the rest of the year, if they can play good defense, I think they have they got the tools in the woodshed to really be a playoff team. But like I said, they're going to have to get healthier at the receiver spot. Okay, so I listened to what you both just said. What would you change? So if you were the coach, give me quick tips on what you would change or maybe would you be switching a player out? Well, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm, it starts with the quarterback. I mean, I like I said, I mean, I just did not like Derek Carr's demeanor. I mean, he's, you know, he's talking about being tired of losing and, you know, you've only lost two games with four games into the season. So you can see some of his frustration, you know, even going back into years past starting to come out. So if I'm Gruden, I mean, I, I got to get a, a good a good feel or at least get some good, you know, control over Carr. I mean, we got to keep him in the right mental space. He's got to be able to handle the ups and downs of a 16-game NFL season. And, and so to me, it, offensively, it's going to start with him. And I, I think that goes to, you know, John Gruden be able to, being able to psychologically kind of, you know, maneuver and massage Derek Carr through this whole thing and, you know, because, you know, like I said, if you're looking at quarterback demeanor, I mean, it was bad from from it was bad. I mean, so we just got to, you know, hope that that Coach Gruden can can start with him and go from there. I agree with Coach on that. His, his demeanor and his leadership is going to be a key element in the, the morale of the team. So he's going to have to. You know, I, I get that he's he's tired of losing. I mean, it's been a frustrating frustrating situation since he's been in in, in with the Raider organization. Uh, but I think if anybody you know can get him under control and get him back in good grace as far as his confidence, it's going to be John Gruden. I mean, um, he's experienced. He knows quarterbacks. You know, he's he has the right uh, demeanor to kind of reel him back in. So I think. If there's good, I think it's a, it's a good situation for Derek Carr to be under such uh, experienced guidance of, of John Gruden. But again, I go back to when he was drafted. I thought he was overdrafted. Uh, I don't think he's the guy to. Uh, if I was John Gruden and I got ten million a year, it's not that wouldn't be the guy I would tie my my <laughs> sail on to. You know, I'd be looking to draft a quarterback. I'd be looking to draft some insurance for my job, mm-hmm. uh, and I'd be looking to trade Derek Carr. But Again, I mean, he's what you got now, so you got to ride with him. So yeah, you got to you got to talk to him and build his confidence back up to push the team. Yeah, no question. Okay, okay, um, yeah, I'm going to bring this up again, guys. And I know you, as you both mentioned, you guys were right about certain things that you've said over the past few weeks. So I will not normally say this, but yes, I agree with you. You were right, um, <laughs> but. Josh Allen, we're going to talk about him again. I uh, suffered with a left shoulder injury over the this past weekend, but he still showed up. He still played. He is on fire. I still believe that he's on track to be MVP. And I bet you don't really agree with me just yet because we are so early into the season. Josh Allen, uh, what do you think? Um, I mean, this injury could 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 be a big deal for him. Do you think this is going to affect him? You know, late coming up. I don't. I don't think Josh Allen is a, a MVP caliber quarterback just yet. He's in the conversation because of the numbers that he, he's putting up. You know, he's put up some good numbers. I will admit I was wrong about Josh Allen when they drafted him. He's proven me wrong because 
he has made a tremendous leap from what he showed on tape in, in the college game. Uh, he looked very raw. He looked like he had extraordinary mm-hmm. arm talent, and he was just extremely raw. And I thought it would take a it would take a quarterback guru genius to get him up to speed to be an NFL quarterback. But he's showing uh, a lot of maturity. He's getting rid of the ball when he needs to get rid of the ball. He's living for the to play the yeah. next down, not making uh, stupid mistakes, and he's leading leading his team in a in a great way. And he uh, he's, he's producing. He's putting up the numbers. So. I'm not saying he'll never get to that point. I, I'm, what I'm saying is this oh, I is think not. He's matured quite a bit. Yeah, this is not the year for Josh Allen to be the MVP with the other guys you got out there, which your Lamar's and your your Patrick Mahomes, and you know he's just he's still a tier below those guys. And he, I know you're a Bills homer. I get it. <laughs> I have a fond affinity for the Bills as well. They gave me a great opportunity a while back. So, you know, I'm all about seeing him succeed. But, you know, I got to tell it like it is. And I just don't think he's there. But, man, the guy has talent enough to be like Marino level quarterback. I mean, he's got all the tools and he's made a tremendous leap. So I'm very impressed. Mm-hmm. So okay. so is this the point where we have to give you your credit, Tracy? Is that where we are right now? We've got to say that you were right. Which well, you, you were. guys can. I mean, I was kind of right. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> you were right. You were right. There's, there's I no was doubt right. about that. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it's um, I can't argue that. I mean, I, I definitely can't argue with the fact that you that you're right so far, and then I I, I can't really argue with with Coach Broussard either. So I guess you know we'll just have to see. But but there's no doubt about it. I mean, if I had a if I had if I was betting money, there's no way I'd say that he would have done what he's even done so far. So. You know we're you know he, he it looks like he may be all right. I mean it, we'll just we'll just have to keep the keep it tuned in. But he he looks like he may be all right. You know and and a lot of this judgment is nothing against him. It's just if you watched him with a coach's eye in college and what he showed on tape in college, you would say this is a guy with a lot of tools, but he's very raw. And there's a ton of experts that concurred, you know, on that evaluation of him. So that's where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't argue too hard with you on that. I just, I just think right now he's, you know, he's got a shot. I mean, it's, and I mean, if he, if we look up, you know, four weeks from now and he's, you know, and he, you know, he's still, you know, still ascending at, at the four week mark or the eight week mark, then we, we may have us a different conversation, but I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree totally with, with either one of you, but we've, we got one to watch here. I mean, this, this is one to watch. I mean, seriously, I mean, this, this guy has, you know, I mean, this guy has done some things that, Many people would not have thought he'd do even to this stage. And yes, he's raw, and, and yes, he's mm-hmm. from a scout and evaluation standpoint. But you know, we, we've got something to keep our eye on with, with Josh Allen. So a blight happened this weekend. I think that maybe you guys can agree, but I want a coach's perspective on this. So it was uh, when when the Giants and the Rams were playing. Okay. Yes, my team lost. We know that, but that's not even what I'm going to say. There was a huge on that field. It was brewing before he even hit that field, and I've always said it was very crowded because you got the men and you got their egos. Now, this one in particular, it was a family thing, and that is the Ramsey and Tate fight. 
not only did it, you know, it was during a couple plays. Like he just, he, he didn't just tackle him. He pretty much like body slammed him. Like he was in a WWE match. And then when the game was over, they went at it. We get why. We understand why and the reasoning behind it. But do you guys agree that maybe they should have just left it off the field? Coach? <laughs> what I can say to that is... Uh, I know you guys were posting about it this week. So. That's, two, that's two players that have a reputation for not being the most likable guys. Yeah. Being uh, high emotion guys. Tate has a reputation for not being, I'm not going to say not being the most likable guy, especially Jalen does, but Tate is not exactly the most teammate friendly guy. I mean, not saying he's not a good teammate, but they both have uh, reputations that aren't so stellar. So it doesn't surprise me. Uh, they let their emotions get the best of them. And uh, you saw it come out. That's all I got to say. Coach. Yeah, you definitely saw it come out. I mean, they, I mean, I, I mean, I, I hate criticizing football guys, man. We, we're, we've all been there before and we know what it's like. And, you know, but obviously these, these two cats did not address something when it should have been addressed somewhere else. So now, you know, we as a football you know, team, if I'm on that team, you know, I, now I got to be part of your family drama. You guys can't keep this stuff at home. You can't take care of it as men, you know, somewhere else face to face, you know, so, you know, mm -hmm. you know in my opinion, yeah. you know, Jalen Ramsey has never been aggressive. He's never been a guy that's, that's grown up and been a, a hit you kind of a guy and a solid tackling kind of a guy, you know, and, and, and for, for his part, I mean, I, I get it. And, and I understand, you know, you want to show this other guy that, you know, you're the bigger guy and all that stuff. But, you know, man, you, you got to, you know, you, you got to be men. You got to know when to handle it. And at the end of the day, you know, and those guys would, would probably curse me out from top to bottom, you know, for, for, for talking about them. But, you know, handle that crap somewhere else, man. I mean, just handle it somewhere else. I mean, it's easy. It's very, very easy to, to do this on a football field. And, hey, we're going to have a fight when there's, 80 guys that are going to break us up. You know what I mean? It's not like we're, we're not actually going to be able to finish this fight. Mm -hmm. And of course my, my homeboys have got me and they're going to take care of me. But you know, where were you at the, at the family reunion? Where are you at Thanksgiving when, when you two guys can look each other in the face and, and take care of some man business. So for me, you know, I, I kind of lost a little bit of respect for both of them. I mean, and you know, we, we don't need to be airing out your dirty laundry and all that stuff on, on national TV and, and, you know, these guys today are yeah. just made out of a different emotion. I mean, these some of these guys, I'm not going to say everybody, but some of these guys are made out of a different emotion. And I would I would love to see Jalen Ramsey play like that all the time. But, you know, I, I, I guarantee you we won't see it that way. But you know what? Yeah. It's our fault because that generation, we raised them. <laughs> we raised that generation. So if they're soft like toilet paper, it's because of us. We raised them. Yeah, I can't disagree. The generation that raised me, my mm -hmm. uncles, that generation, you didn't have a choice but to be tough. I mean, <laughs> they caught you crying, they punch you in the chest. So, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. You know, that's that's just crazy. I love well, it. it I love to hear what the sister had to say. Made, uh, my game. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, it just definitely made my game more entertaining to watch. 
mm-hmm. as you said, airing their dirty laundry out on that field. But um, I don't know. Any last thoughts about that before I go to the next topic, guys? No, I think what what happened when we when we were okay. what was it a couple years ago? We had Odell Beckham and. And was it Josh Norman kind of did some of the same stuff? Yeah, you know, yeah, they, they yeah. got into it. Yeah, yeah. Some of these skill guys don't know how to. Everybody gets into it, but they don't want to get into it with Steve Smith. Yeah, I think. Hey, <laughs> Remember if you're Steve emotional, Smith? Emotional, you should just take it out on the field. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Why not? Isn't that what you're supposed to do on the field? Take it yeah, out. On, take it out right there. All the yeah. aggression, right? But you that's don't want you don't done. want a distraction like from you said, the mission. Took it out. The mission is to win. You don't want nothing distracting the mission. Yeah. <laughs> okay, coaches, I want to know who are you going to give your game ball to for week four? Any player that you feel stands out? You, myself, Pearly, I would give my game ball to Odell Beckham Jr. Are you rolling your eyes? Nice one. No, I'm saying that's a nice one. <laughs> you guys aren't you're not you're not agreeing. It's hard it's hard not to give it to Tom Brady. It's hard not to give it to Tom Brady. But he's already got well, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> you're right. And I wasn't rolling my eyes at you. I I, I, I like that one. You know, that's that's a good one. But I, my choice, I gave it to my game ball to Joe Burrow. I thought, you know, for him to go in and get his first win in, in Cincinnati was was a was a big step for a rookie quarterback. So, you know, you know anytime a, a primetime guy gets his first win, I, I got to give him credit for that. Okay. Well, it's a good thing we're not giving our balls to the same guys. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, That's right. Okay, I'm going to throw this one in here tonight. Calvin Ridley. He was branded as NFL's newest superstar wide receiver. Okay, this is the, the, that was what was making head because Tennessee, like nothing, they didn't do what he was supposed to do. You guys, any comments hmm. on um, on Calvin? Really, is he the 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 new hot? topic when it comes like the superstar should they be saying he's a superstar because as i've talked about josh allen and other players you're like it's too early in the season to like say that someone's that good i think calvin really i think calvin really ultimately is a number two receiver he's not mm-hmm. he's a dynamic receiver he's going to be a very he's progressing to be an extremely good player i don't think he's a number one receiver I think he's getting more targets because Julio's been out. So he's getting more targets and he's he's producing. So obviously, yeah, that's a good conversation to have. Uh, obviously, the media, media is going to talk about that. But, you know, just evaluating him as a, as a player, I think he's a good number two receiver. But I think um, with the tar- amount of targets he's getting, him and Cage, Cage is getting a lot of targets as well, but nobody's really talking about Cage. Or is it Cage? Gage, sorry, Gage. Yeah. Gage is getting a lot of targets as well. Really, I knew really was going to get a lot more targets, and um, and he's producing. Yeah, I, I agree with with um, you. Firstly, Tracy, I mean he he did not show up last night versus Green Bay, you know, and coming into the game, I mean he looked like you know maybe he's a guy that's that's going to be an up and coming star. I mean he he's loaded with talent, and he, and he's 
he's in a good spot playing with Julio Jones. He's probably learning a lot and 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 understanding the game better by having a guy like Julio around. But uh, you know, it's, it would be hard for us to say. I mean, exactly how good he's going to be. But you know, I'll just talk about last night. I mean, there were some balls that that hit his hands last night that he just didn't make a play. You know, so he's he's still going to be young and and a little bit inconsistent and and still trying to figure that out. But but Coach Broussard is exactly right. I mean. With, with the amount of targets that he's getting, mm-hmm. you know, then you know, he'll get a chance to to put up some stats at least. So, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you know, another thing that's happened this week, and I want to know again, it's it's about the coach's perspective. You just have been in the game, played the game. You know how it feels on that sideline, getting heated, not being able to control yourself. What okay, there's a lot of coaches that are getting fined right now because they're not wearing their mask because they have to wear their mask. They're there, you, you sit every Sunday, every Monday night, even on Thursday night, they can't keep their mask on. I, I mean, I get that it's hard to wear a mask for the best, it's just going to the store, but for a coach's point of view, one, why can't they just keep their mask on like the rest of us? And two, do you think that there's an alternative? from your experience is like, is there an alternative to a mask that they could wear? Coach Broussard, what are your thoughts? Any stories on that one? You know, they have to communicate a lot. They have to communicate throughout the game a lot. And we all know it's hard to talk with a mask on. And, you know, force a habit that you lower your mask to speak. And then sometimes you forget to, to raise it back up. You know, from a medical standpoint, they encourage you not to even touch your mask because you're contaminating your mask, which can potentially contaminate you. So, I mean, these fines that they're getting are hefty. These are some hefty fines. What what is it like a? Is it a hundred grand or two hundred fifty yeah. grand? It was that's that's a that's, that's a year's salary for hundred grand people. for the coaches and like two fifty for the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. like a year's salary for most people. So, uh, <laughs> it is a. Uh, a solution. I like Andy Reid's mask. You know, he has the, the clear plastic shield and he can speak. He's, his speech is not distorted and uh, he can still get the job done. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I think that's a potential solution. Actually, I kind of I kind of thought of this invention. That's kind of like a, it's like a combination of a headset and a mask. You know, I got a prototype for it that I'll tell you about later. I'm not going to talk about it on the air. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 uh, the league wants to put on a good look. They want to show that they're being safe. They want to show that it's safe to play mm-hmm. football. And um, and so they have to be firm. They got to send out those stiff penalties so coaches know. But it's difficult to communicate throughout a game with a mask. We all know that. I mean, when when you're calling plays and, and you're yeah. trying to communicate, it's it's tough to to have the mask, you know, blocking you, and it just becomes a nuisance. And 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 all of us know that when you're you're in the game and you're in the flow of the game and in the heat of the game, you know, you just want all the distractions away. You don't want to have to deal with anything, you know. So I can see guys, you know, just saying, "Hey, screw that mask." I mean, I'm I got to do what I got to do. I can see guys doing that, you know. But but we know what the rules are, and they got to follow the rules and. You know what I don't understand is how in the world is that glass shield? How is how is that allow, allowable? I mean, what if if you know is that really protecting protecting you from any you know 
you know, contaminants that could get to you. I mean, if I'm a guy, I'm going to just wear the glass shield and just go with it. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't even know, you know, why, if you have a choice, why would you choose the mask over the glass shield? And then you'd ask the question about what is the glass shield really working? So, you know, man, th those guys are in a tough position. When, when I'm telling you, when you're calling plays and you are trying to, to get things going and you're just thinking about trying to get a game one and a play to be successful, the last thing you want to be thinking about is this mask. And, you know, so I mm -hmm. get it. I mean, there's going to be some guys that are just going to have to have the fine and, and they'll get used to Don't it eventually. But yeah, but I, I hey. think I think they sh I think the NFL should consider since they're doing frequent testing, instant testing on everyone. I think they should consider allowing the play callers to function without a mask. I mean, you got 50 players without a mask. Was it going to hurt to have one more person without a mask? Your play caller only. Mm -hmm. The person has to talk a lot. You should allow that one person to not wear a mask. I think, There's or no or have the place call from the booth up top and uh, radio down to the quarterback's headset, which I, I'm sure some teams do as well. So, mm -hmm. I think I think coach is right on that one. I saw a lot of um, how that. Yeah. Um, well, like we said, we, we've seen the masks come into effect. That's kind of been an issue for the last four weeks, but especially for before the pandemic has really hit NFL because we've had players that have um, contacted the virus. Games have been postponed. Um, staff has been affected. Players have been affected. And last night, um, NFL, they informed its 32 teams of new COVID-19 protocols, including video monitoring systems and banning on gatherings outside of the team facility. Do you feel like this is something that will be successful? Or is it a, you know what, guys? Here's the protocols. These are the consequences if you don't follow. Do as you may. Coach. Is it going to work, or are we just going to keep seeing more players contact the virus I, and then... I, and then I, 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 I mean, quoting several medical professionals, at some point, we're all going to contract this. At some point, it's every it's going to go through mankind. So until you get a vaccine, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have to deal with this. So, I mean, possibly modifying the protocol. I mean, that could be a good thing. Uh, players, pro I mean, ultimately, it comes down to players being careless when they're outside of football. You know, it's so many NFL players, they can't live in a bubble like the NBA. Yeah. So the players are just going to have to realize the seriousness of it, realize that going to group gatherings is selfish because you could potentially take yourself off the field and take away from the team. You know, and it's going to take a certain level of maturity to respect that line and to comply with the NFL protocol so you can have a healthy season, so we can complete a season and we can play for a Super Bowl and everybody be happy. So um, at that point, you know, you, I guess it's going to take team meetings and and sit downs with players and say, hey, this is what we need you to comply with outside of football, you know, and uh, hopefully they hopefully we can make it through. But at some point, it's going to go through all mankind. It just is what it is. You know, you just hope your immune system is strong enough to battle it off. A lot of asymptomatic people don't even have symptoms. Obviously, you are concerned about the elderly or the underlying health condition people that you may have a part of your family. That's a concern. And so 
Um, mm -hmm. It's just one of those things, you know, no one really has a clear answer for. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have a clear answer for that either. I mean, they, I mean, they've got a, they've got a heavy, it's a heavy subject to, to deal with. They've got a, the NFL's in a tough spot trying to yeah. figure out how to control this, this whole thing. I, I even heard that they're in a, they're investigating, you know, what was going on with the Titans. So they're going to go back and see if the Titans were doing anything wrong when it comes to the protocol. And they're going to go back and watch the, the video and of the, on the premises to mm -hmm. see, you know, what was going on. I mean, I, I, I just think they're in a tough spot, you know, I, you know, not getting into where I'm at with mankind on this one, you know, but I do agree with, with Kurt that, you know, there, there's going to be some of this happening. You're going to have some guys. I mean, you, you decided to play, they decide to play. There's going to be some guys that end up with this and there's going to be some teams that suffer like new England suffered, you know, losing their starting quarterback over it. So, but no, they're in a tough spot to be able to figure all that out. Okay. Well, don't forget, guys, to make sure you uh, you post your week five picks. Because I know that we both, all, all three of us did put picks in for week four. I don't know who won that week. I got to figure it out. Uh, but we will gather that data and we will see who the winner of week four is. And uh, don't forget, week five, we need to get our picks in. Uh, last but not least, gentlemen, I want to know who are your favorite three early Heisman favorites? Hmm. Coach Broussard, what are your favorites when it comes to Heisman Award winners? You know, from evaluating the season so far, I like, I really like uh, Harris, Naj Najee Harris from Alabama. He's not quite producing the Heisman numbers as of yet. But uh, I think they got some games coming up on the schedule where he's going to have some big games. Um, he was kind of like my early Heisman Trophy dark horse. You know, obviously people were picking uh, Trevor Lawrence and Fields. And, but, I mean, if you want to go from a statist uh, statistical standpoint, mm -hmm. who's performing on that level thus far, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm a homer, but Kyle Trask is leading the nation in, 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 in uh, passing um, – efficiency as well as TDs, you know, but in that sense, you still have a uh, Kyle Pitts on that same team who leads the nation in touchdowns. He has eight touchdowns in two games. So from a statistical standpoint, you got two players on one team from the university of Florida that are leading the uh, mm -hmm. statistically. Uh, so I think uh, my, my favorite three at this point would be Kyle Trask, uh, I still like Harris, the running back at Alabama. And that third guy, I think when the Big Ten gets rolling and they get started, you're going to see Justin Fields put okay. up some video game numbers, and I think those will be your three invites to uh, to Kent, to uh, to uh, the Heisman Trophy presentation. Yeah, I, I like the way Coach thinks on that. I mean, the, uh, my, my top three were Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, Najee Harris from Alabama, and 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 just as Coach said, I didn't think Coach would go this way, but I, my third guy was Kyle Trask. And, um, you know, my two dark horses that I would say have a chance to sneak into this top three would be Mac Jones, the quarterback at Alabama, who I think is playing, you know, really good football, and he's going to end up with a really good team at the end. You know, so he's going to be right there. And then, you know, Mac Jones, in my mind, Mac Jones can't be there if Jalen Waddle isn't there. So, you know, Waddle's another guy that, 
you know, the, the more Alabama starts to roll and the more Alabama starts to win, you know, you're going to see, you know, Mac Jones start to get some respect. You know, Jalen Waddle, I think, is, you know, the most explosive player in college football right now, in my opinion. And I, I think you're going to see him, you know, he may even start to move into that, to that, you know, into that, that top three, even above Najee Harris, you know, because the more that passing game starts to take off, you're going to see more of Waddle being the, the go-to guy in that. So I've got five guys that I think we should all, you know, keep watching and, you know, but but Kyle Trask is a guy that you know may not be the most talented guy. Okay. He's got a chance to win, you know, just like Mac Mac Jones does, and you know he's going to be right there at the end too. Yeah. You know, but with that being said, you know the okay. the the award has a recent history of uh, passers winning this award, quarterbacks. You know, from a talent standpoint, you know, you look on all the mock drafts, you know, you got Kyle Trask moving up to being a first round pick. You know, uh-huh. he's uh, – I mean, you look at some of the throws. Go back and watch the tape of him. He's making NFL tight window anticipation uh-huh. throws. You know, that that's another guy that's taking a huge leap from being a two-star prospect that was overlooked, that was backing up De'Ara King and out in Texas in Manville, you know, to now being a uh, a Heisman candidate. You know, that's, that's tremend- a tremendous leap. There's one more guy I got to mention. I really like what he's doing. And that's Sam Howell at North Carolina. If you get a chance, go and watch Sam Howell. I think he's going to be a first-round pick eventually. And he is pinpoint accuracy. He's calm under pressure. He reminds me of a better version of Baker Mayfield if you actually, if you go watch Sam Howell in North Carolina. Carolina. So I would put, uh, at this point, I'd probably say Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Trask, Sam Howell. But I would like to see Najee Davenport get some love. I mean, not – Najee uh, Harris get some love from Alabama. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you on that, Coach. I mean, we got a long way to go, but those guys, and, you know, let's, we didn't talk a lot about them, but, you know, make no mistake about it. I mean, if, if Trevor Lawrence finds himself, you know, having a national championship type of team, I mean, he's going to be the well, – he's probably going to end up being the top guy. Sorry, Tracy. Well, gentlemen, what a night so far, I have to say. I'm feeling a little bit better from being on the losing end of week four. So uh, I want to say thank you for another great episode of the Play Callers podcast. And don't forget, everyone, to follow us on social media. You get to see what these gentlemen are picking for their week five picks. And I'll throw in mine as well. So, gentlemen, until we see each other again, have a good Until we see you guys again.